Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Hello, and welcome back to Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life. I'm Sister Marie Veritas. And this is Sister Anya Stay, and it's such a gift to be with you all. It's a joy. So, how's, how was your day, sister? Well, it was pretty good. Uh, pretty good day. I got off to a rough start. Oh, um, no. Yeah, a little, uh, just a real rosary crisis, oh. I like to call them. I had a major tangle. <laughs> um, you know, it took a while to get all those beads undone, but uh, Our Lady Entire of Knots, she helped me out. I still got to chapel on time. It, uh, you know, God is good. He's very good. Those, those <laughs> kind of things, I mean, it's serious. It's a serious problem in the life of nuns. Uh, wardrobe know? malfunction. Exactly. You can't anticipate it. It's, it's true. I mean, it, and it's and rosaries particularly. Like, yeah. I remember one sister walking by a, um, a car, hmm. and her rosary got stuck on the license plate, and uh, it bent the license plate. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's the Blessed Mother? It's, she's powerful. She's really powerful. Don't underestimate the power of the rosary. Never underestimate the power of the rosary. Or even, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the habit you just gotta kind of keep it, keep it in line. Yeah, I remember I was I was moving a little too fast. I was on an errand recently, and I didn't realize it, but I had slammed part of my <laughs> habit in the door oh, no. and started to try to walk away from the car. You know, it potential situation, <laughs> but I like to say all's well that ends. that's funny yeah yeah it all worked out it was great god's good he's so good like all these little you know bloopers in life they he he uses them he uses them yeah if you let him yeah he uses them and we all got stories i mean you know i i have a story really yeah (laughs) i always go back to it actually when i'm like gosh lord how are you going to somehow make good of what seems to be just an unresolvable crisis or blunder um so this one was particularly memorable for me. Uh, a sister had been visiting a priest, a dear friend of the community. Uh, he was very sick and was in the hospital. So she had been going daily just to you know, pray with him. And so I tagged along. And so we went back to where she had been with him, uh, the same room at the hospital the day before. And we went in the room, and there was two others in there that we didn't recognize, but, you know, um, kind of nodded. And Sister went right over and um, was like, hello, Monsignor, the sisters are here, or you're going to pray with you. And I'm watching this unfold. I'm kind of standing at the entrance, and I'm noticing that the two people kind of at the bedside of this person are looking at Sister very confused. And the man sitting there looks at sister and he's like, Monsignor. He's like, that's my mother. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, awkwardness.com. I was just looking for a carpet to crawl underneath. I'm like, how did we get this wrong? And again, like, again, just to justify a little bit the patient had this giant non-rebreather mask on, so it was covering most of the patient's face. And and we were. We were surprised to see it because the day before it wasn't there, but um, (laughs) we went with it. And I have to tell you, I was so edified by this sister because she didn't miss a beat. I would have run out of the room, I think, in (laughs) humiliation, but she stood her ground and she's like, you know what? There are no coincidences. She looks this man right in the face. There are no coincidences. She's like, we were meant to be here. And um, it was an incredible moment of grace 
for uh, it was the son and the daughter of of this woman and (laughs) (laughs) and um and it they had in a sense kind of strayed away from their faith and this was became an incredible moment of grace for them um and and i apparently the the mother was a very faithful woman so an answer to her prayers um so it was one of those moments (laughs) that you dread happens but uh it was incredible to see god use it that's so great sister what a great story yeah, it keeps me giggling. It, it really does. Yeah, it's my, funny. On the, on the dreary days, yes. uh, it brings light. It's really <laughs> yeah. But I, I really love it too, actually, because it's such a great image for like, you know, what does God do with like the wrong notes in our life? You know, mm. like the quote unquote, you know, discordant notes or the things we use, our, our mess ups. Or, and it's like, what does he do? He draws them into like, like a, a greater symphony. Like it's Ooh. all part of his greater plan. You How know? beautiful. And uh, I think that fits really well, actually, in, in our episode today. Let love write the score. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm compelled. Me too. Can't wait to talk about it. Well, shall we start with a prayer? That sounds great. Okay, here we go. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we just ask that you draw us into your sacred heart, into the depth of of its mercies, of its calm, of its peace, of the deep and particular love that uh, you hold out to us in this moment. We ask for every grace to simply receive your love for us in and through this time and in through this day. And we ask, Blessed Mother, uh, that you be a mother to us now. Pray for us, pray for our protection, and draw us closer to your son, Jesus. And we ask this as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, untire of knots. Pray for us. Amen. So, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, let love write the score. Yeah. It's kind of a neat, uh, neat thing to look at. But I thought, gosh, we should look at, like, what is a score? What's a score? You know, and according to this definition, a score is a printed form of a musical work. Okay. One line, many harmonies, symphonies. I mean, it could be... It's what it builds into. What it builds into, right? And uh, and then looking at, like, what's a symphony, you Mm -hmm. know? And according to the dictionary, um, it's an elaborate musical composition for full orchestra. Another definition is something regarded typically favorably as a composition of different elements. Love it. Yeah, it's kind of a neat... A neat thing. Well, I do, as you speak of a symphony, and as we think of, okay, God is love, and if we want to let love write the score, um, in a sense, I know deep in my own heart is the desire for my life to be a great symphony of love, in a sense of my life in and with his. And... Um, how do we go about this? How do we let this uh, great symphony be played out? Um, and I do, it kind of brings me to think about God is our origin. Okay, like, I know we kind of go back to this every time, but it's so important to remember. Because if we remember who we are and where we're from, we know how to live today. And uh, it's, it's an incredible point of uh, stability and security. So I love to remember this. It's like, okay, I didn't make myself right? I'm here. You're here. 
we're all here because God thought of me. Mm. I was a thought of God. In a sense, in the stretch of eternity, in the vastness of God's infinite life, God conceived of me, the unique, unrepeatable me. He, in a sense, he saw me, and then he took time to fashion me. Uh, he brought me to, into existence. In a sense, before I even got here, I was wanted. Mm. I was loved, right? So, and in this, in this whole concept, it's like, I don't need to make my life. I need to receive it. I don't need to do life. Mm -hmm. I need to receive it from the heart of the Father. Let this gift continue to be given. Um, and then the reality that God didn't leave me alone to live this life. We're never alone. Um, he wants to share his life with me. I want to share my life with him. Um, I don't know. Are we in the ballpark here? Yeah. We're in the ballpark. It, it is. And it's like the gift, living the gift of it living the as gift. gift and as myself as gift um, and with him and letting him create something hmm. in my life hmm. um, that I can't. Ah. You know? Well, and you know, that reminds me, sister, the idea of creation. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever read The Cimmerillion by Tolkien? You know, I've read parts of it, but okay. it's, it seems very intriguing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, this, okay, I have to tell you about it. It's, um, when I read it, it's the first section of this book, I literally, it took my breath away. Like I was reading and I like gasped. I'm like, what? Um, because it hearkens to this. Uh, in a sense, it's a beautiful uh, image of creation. And it speaks of this, um, of God, uh, under the name of Iluvatar. And basically, it speaks of um, Iluvatar like composing, giving, um, this great music without flaw, this great song being sung, and um, and then him summoning um, what kind of are really great examples of like angels, and this one angel Melkor, um, he gets a little distracted. Uh, he starts to kind of turn inward, uh, conceive of his own thoughts that are unlike those of Iluvatar of God, and again this song had no flaws. This incredible song being sung. And so Melkor starts kind of putting some bad jazz into this composition, right? Um, weaving his thoughts into the music. And um, in response to this, Iluvatar rises and he plays back and plays into um, this discord. And there's kind of this battle of the bands that goes back and forth. <laughs> uh, it's, you really just have to read it. I cannot do it justice. Um, but in a moment, there's a, a great uh, intensity to this battle. And all of a sudden, Iluvatar rises. Um, at first, he was kinder of face. Now he is fierce. And the music stops. And Iluvatar, um, he says this to Melkor. Um, he said, You, Melkor, shall see that no theme may be played that has not its uttermost source in me. He said, nor can any alter the music in my despite. He said, for he that attempt this shall prove but my instrument in the devising of things more wonderful, which he himself has not imagined. Wow. What a quote. Okay, isn't that fun, it's right? It's stunning. It will only serve as my instrument. Mm -hmm. In a sense, 
bringing to life something even more wonderful. And I love thinking about this because, um, you know, as you go through life, you know, you've got your bad jazz kind of days. Um, you've got notes that you wish never played. And what is God going to be about doing? Um, bringing to life an even greater symphony. It takes faith to believe this. And I mean, what, is this, what does this look like, right? So perhaps um, I'm encountering great grief or sorrow in my life. Um, those notes are being played. And what is God going to be doing? He's going to be seeking to play this harmony of the, the life of his divine son, his incarnational presence to bring meaning to my suffering. You know, the grace of perseverance, uh, to hope in the face of whatever trial I might be looking at. Or perhaps there's this nice little humdrum baseline of habitual sin that I am struggling with, right? I'm on the struggle bus, and man, uh, this is tough. What's God going to be seeking to play and compliment? Uh, he's going to try to lift that whole line um, gather it with his mercy. Um, give me courage. Uh, give me virtue to, to eddy out and to live the greater truth. Um, and I think it is. It's, it's an incredible dare to believe it. But what does God want to do with the wrong notes, the funky notes, the, the bad jazz notes? Um, he wants to bring them into even greater beauty and brilliance through his love and his life. Um, and I do. I think if I look back, the times I've suffered, you know, the times of trial in my life, um, they've played some of the, the most incredible mm. um, sections, in a sense, of the symphony of my life. Um, I don't know what your experience has been. Totally. Like, some things that happen in the moment, things that happen are like my own failures or whatever, and you look at it in the moment, it's like, why is this happening? Mm. How could this happen? What good can come from this thing? Mm. But then it's, it's amazing how often years later you look back and it's like, thank you, Jesus, for that thing. Wow, because if that hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened, you know? It's like the, the stunning, stunningness of his mercy, you know? But I, I think it really it speaks um, largely to, like, this beautiful part of our, our human spirit. We, we desire excellence, right? We desire beauty and goodness and, and um, truth and everything that's excellent, right? That's what we're made for, actually. We're made for, it. for glory, you know? Amen. Um, but... We also have to be real. Like, we're not in heaven yet. Yeah. You know? We're in a broken, broken world that's really suffering. And, and we're broken and we're suffering. Yeah. Um, and I think we often, like, suffer our, our own weaknesses. We suffer Absolutely. Our, our failures. We, we feel our finitude, right? You, the moments you, like, feel your finitude hitting up against your desire for infinitude. Yes. And it's painful. Ugh. You know? And it's like, yeah, how do, what do we do with that? Well, you know? it's an excellent question, sister, because I think we have options. Mm -hmm. We've got options, right? I think, A, you can um, let your boat sink. Um, in a sense, we can define ourselves uh, by our failures. Mm -hmm. We can define ourselves by the agony we're suffering. Mm -hmm. um, or we can allow these places uh, to become stepping stones uh, to, to new life. Mm -hmm. um, and in a sense, this is what a life with God promises and assures us. Mm -hmm. In a sense, um, in God's world, there's actually, there's room for failure. There's room for weakness. Uh, he's taken into account, you know, this wound of original sin that we bear, and he's going to help us out. Uh, he's going to gather it up with his love and allow it to sing a song that's 
the more that is the the greater which is it's it takes faith to step into it because it's uh in a sense we can't do this on our own it's only through entrusting ourselves to god and kind of taking that leap of faith it's kind of like jumping out of the back of a plane without a parachute and trusting (laughs) god the father is going to catch me it's true Uh, it's true and letting letting him uh, tell you and speak to you the truth of of your life because it's like the enemy the devil he wants us to fear our mistakes yeah he wants us to live in fear Hmm. you know and he wants us to kind of keep running our whole life you know and and he keeps telling us like game's up it's over you're nothing you'll never be enough you know this mistake this failure is who you are Hmm. and it's like no no jesus he um he gives us the courage to like Mm -hmm. face squarely what you know our life and all its messiness and all the nitty-gritty you know, and it's like, and what does he say? Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Wow. You know, he tells us uh, who we are in that. Um, and like you said, gives us the courage to jump out of the, the plane with the parachute, you know, Amen. Um, whatever, whatever's happening, you know, he's got it. He's got it. I'm thinking about, you know, sometimes, I don't know, I'm thinking about the symphony of my life. You <laughs> know, sometimes the enemy, the voice of the enemy is like, you know, a guy in the tuba section that's just decided to play his own thing and take over the entire <laughs> orchestra. You know, he plow, he plays loud. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's agitating. He's derailing the whole composition, mm-hmm. and you just got to kick that guy out of there. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. that <laughs> get that crazy tuba player <laughs> out. Oh, out. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm probably bringing too much. Um, bring lightness to the reality. <laughs> it's, it's true. But the fruitfulness, what I hear you talking about is actually failure. And mm-hmm. let's just let's just clamp down on failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk about a lot of things, but it has potential to be deeply fruitful. Totally. Totally. Fruit, fruitfulness of failure. Yeah. And it's like, it's a great teacher too. I mean, on one level, it's failure can teach us things. And so not to fear it. You know, but on the other hand, like even what we perceive as failure, it's mm. like God, he looks at it through different eyes, you know. Mm. But I mean, we see this in history, like the fruitfulness of failure. I love it. There's no need for fear uh, because uh, fruitfulness comes from failure. Actually, I love this. We see this in music. We see this in economy. We see this in the world of invention. Uh, what does their progress all have in common? Failure. Like, I'm going to prove my point. Are you ready? (laughs) In a sense, no one ever succeeded, quote unquote, without being willing to make some mistakes. That we have to be willing to make all the right mistakes Mm -hmm. and with the Lord learn from them. And Mm -hmm. with the Lord, let him go about redeeming them as he needs to. Mm -hmm. Um, But to look at this in history, even on a a secular level, Albert Einstein, um, right? This great genius, uh, he won a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, it turns out Einstein didn't speak until he was four years old. Wow. Uh, He didn't read until he was seven. And his teachers and his parents, they actually thought he was mentally handicapped. Uh, They found him slow and antisocial. And he was actually expelled from school. And he was rejected from Zurich Polytechnic School. They would not admit him. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and things worked out pretty well for Einstein. Right. <laughs> e equals MC squ- squared. I did it right. <laughs> or even, okay, Thomas Edison. Do you want to guess how many unsuccessful attempts he had at the light bulb before he got it? A mm, hundred? A thousand. Wow. I, I honestly do. When I flip that light switch on, I'm like, praise be to God. 
Edison had the, the nerve to try again mm-hmm. a thousand times. That's amazing. I think I probably would have given up, I don't know, around 367. Oh, you're better than me. I would have given up around eight. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely, but look at that. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Or even, okay, Vincent van Gogh. Yeah. Incredible, his artwork. Uh, during his lifetime, he only sold one painting. What? And it was to a friend and only for a very small <laughs> amount of money. In a sense, he was never a success in his life. It was only after wow. he died that his art uh, you know, took great uh, favor and, um, and acclaim. That's amazing. Michael Jordan. I think everybody has probably heard this quote from Michael Jordan. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, and on 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. He said, I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Wow. I've never heard that quote. Michael Jordan. It's a great quote. Yeah, I loved Michael Jordan growing <laughs> up. Um, but the fruitfulness of failure. Yeah. Um, we see it, you know, in a, in a secular level. And I wonder what we see in the world of faith. Yeah. Well, um, one thing I thought of was Father Walter Chiswick, mm. uh, who was a, a Jesuit priest um, who was from Pennsylvania. He was very gifted, like tons of talents, incredibly athletic, brilliant, you know, self-disciplined. And, um, and he entered the Jesuits. He was ordained a priest. And he volunteered himself because he wanted to go to, to communist Russia wow. as like an undercover missionary. He was like so full of zeal. And uh, it wasn't long before, he, 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 so he was sent to Russia, but it wasn't long before he was arrested by the communists hmm. and he was put into solitary confinement. Um, and, and for months, like his interrogators just wore him down, just demanding that he confess to being a Vatican spy, which he wasn't, but they were, Confess, confess, confess. And finally, uh, in a moment of weakness, he, he gave in and he signed the confession, you know, kind of um, renouncing, you know, Vatican and just and, you know, saying he was a Vatican spy. And after that, it was like the moment of complete failure, like everything this man stood for, why he came, it, he, he failed in that moment. And he was so broken and overcome with shame, you know, that he cried out to God. Um, And he actually wrote, he said um, that later, um, he identified this moment as his moment of true conversion, actually, um, because he had finally learned to trust in God instead of his own strength. That's stunning. You know, and it actually gave him um, this this moment of, of receiving God's mercy in the time of his most like greatest failure gave him the courage to face the next 20 years in Soviet prison camps, you know, which is a, it's a long time. Right. Um, and he just he for the rest of his his time um, in, in prison, he, he was eventually released. But he just had this peace and this serenity that nothing could take away, you know, and it really and he it like changed his whole um, outlook. Um, on on life, you know. Unbelievable. Um, it's really, really something. Um, In a sense that the moment that looked like his greatest failure yeah. became the point from which he began to live yeah. his faith yeah. at, at a depth and as a son. Yeah. 
um, yeah. of faith. Yeah, and it allowed him to actually, it like changed his whole lens on life. You know, he has this quote, he said, each of us has no need to wonder what God's will must be for us. His will for us is clearly revealed in every situation of every day. If only we could learn to view all things as he sees them and sends them to us. It like totally changed his vision on life forever. Isn't that unbelievable? It's stunning. Yeah. It's stunning. What God will do if we give him a chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. That our, our failures, our weaknesses, those mm-hmm. moments, they don't have to define us. No. That they can actually become springboards. Yeah. They can launch us yeah. into new life. Yeah. And then and that even our own brokenness is not an obstacle for God. You know, like I think again of Morton Lauritsen, the famous composer. Wow. Um, who wrote O Magnum Mysterium, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> it's so good. But he, I watched his documentary on him, and he composes his music on an island off the coast of Vancouver on an out-of-tune piano. And you listen to his stuff, you're like, what? But it's like, how often do we feel like out-of-tune pianos, you know? And it's like, God is not deterred by that. He's not deterred by that. He he will compose his masterpiece, you know, on us, the little out-of-tune piano. Right, if Morton Lauritsen can do it. Right, oh, how much more can God? Okay, I love it. Isn't that awesome? But wow, it even makes me think of of Peter. Yeah. I just have to mention him. You know, good old Peter. He mm-hmm. gives me hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hung out with Jesus, walked with him, talked with him. Yeah. He said, I'll go to the end with you, Jesus. <laughs> and what happens? He denies him. Three times. Three times. Yeah. And in that, though, this is the rock on which our church was founded a man who knew God's mercy Mm. and in a sense what was the difference between Peter and Judas right Peter repented he turned back to the Lord and received this gift of mercy of Mm -hmm. love of new life Um, meanwhile yeah Judas did not right and and despaired yeah and in a sense I love Peter he gives me so much hope because uh, whatever it is what, that we've done, that's been done against us, mm-hmm. um, God can take that and, and bring new life out of it if we give him a chance it's to write the score. It's amazing. It's amazing. That his mercy, his love is bigger than our failures or our weaknesses. You know, and Judas didn't believe that. But he Peter did. did. Peter did. Peter did, you know. I mean, and really, it is really amazing that he not only can forgive and heal, but that, like you're saying, he could bring something new, you know? Bring I, something new. I was thinking of a situation I had. <laughs> a situation. A situation. Yeah, yeah, where I am. Um, Not a problem. No. But a situation. Si- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I, I had parked the car in Manhattan. It's a sister. Oof. Yep, and I uh, <clears throat> I forgot to put, like, the little parking pass thing on the, on the dashboard. I, d- I forgot that I forgot that I didn't realize it's like breaking uh, the 11th commandment right right it's <laughs> <laughs> terrible and then I came back to get the car yeah and there was no car <laughs> oh, man. you know you have that you know that terrible sinking feeling in your stomach That's like the this worst. horrible pit that your whole day is now changed forever and Ugh. you've made a terrible boo-boo <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> it's the worst that's what I felt like so I, I um, quickly discovered that, yes, my car had, the, not my car, our car. Right. We all, everything is ours in ours. the convent. It had all been things in common. towed. It had been towed to the tow pound. I had never been to the tow pound before. It was my first time. That just sounds scary. The tow pound in Manhattan? Yeah. Yeah, right off the east, or not the Hudson River, right Hudson off the Hudson River. River. Okay. 
So I went there to go get the car, you know, and you're kind of like the whole, I don't know if anyone who's listening has been to a tow pound. I don't recommend it if you can avoid it at any cost, but <laughs> it's worse than the DMV. Yeah. <laughs> but like you're in there, it's kind of like this very sullen affair because everybody there is like you line up at the window and like, hi, I did it. You know, it's my car in there. And you have to pay your little fee, actually kind of large fee. Then anyway, then they take you down this kind of very narrow hallway. Gosh. Which is slightly depressing. <laughs> Into this large, huge, cavernous, like, I don't know, what would you call it? An auditorium? A like a hangar? hangar? It's a hangar. Yeah, a big hangar. Dimly lit. Car hangar. Cars everywhere. Gosh. You know, so you go in and it's like, okay, thanks, folks. And then you get driven to your car. And so I go in there in this a little, what do you call it, little other car to get driven <laughs> to my car and start talking to the lady driving, you know. And uh, talking to her and talking to her and then uh, kind of describe what, what we do as sisters. You know, we have a mission of, you know, pregnancy help, but also hope and healing for those who have suffered after abortion. Mm-hmm. And then by that time, I was, I was describing it to her. It was just her and me, you know, by, by the car. And, uh, and she looked at me. She said, I helped my friend get an abortion. Hmm. And we were able to talk and just talk right there in the, in the middle of that dimly lit, kind of depressing hangar. And just to talk about God's mercy, that there's nothing bigger than his mercy and, and his infinite love for her and um, that he wants to heal and forgive and make all things new, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was such a profound moment of, of healing, actually. And she, like, she gave me a big hug. Aww. Like, it was so powerful wow. for her to encounter the truth of God's mercy, you know? And it was amazing because when I drove out of that, that tow pound, you know, <laughs> they give you a little ticket and then you give it to the person to stamp when you leave. Mm-hmm. And they gave it back to me and I looked down at the ticket and it said in big red block letters, <laughs> redeemed. No way. Yeah. And it was like, okay. and I drove into the sunshine with my redeemed ticket. Okay. May we all live what you live Thanks. in the toe pound. <laughs> you let love write the score. Yeah, he did it. And he brought new life out of it. He did it. Wow. You know, and so like we can never despair of anything actually. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Well, and it makes me think too, sister, that we have to help each other. Yeah. That we have to bend to meet each other in our weaknesses, in our blooper moments. Um, in a sense... We all have gifts and gaps. I think we live this deeply in community. I think families live this. Yeah. You know, that you that you step in and step up. Uh, you choose for the person next to you uh, at cost to yourself. And you're willing to do that. And, and then they're willing to do it for you mm-hmm. on the next day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it builds uh, an incredible communio. It, and it builds us all up in the body of Christ. It really does. And that my gaps, even things I consider my weaknesses, can actually bless others. Amen. You know, not just my strengths, my weaknesses can. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Where have we seen this? Well, you know, actually, one great memory I have <laughs> yes. was when we were, you probably remember this, actually, um, when we were working on our mother house renovation, a huge, mm-hmm. huge project. Uh, it was nearing completion, but... Under the porch, one of the porch, um, we noticed all of a sudden, one day this this smell, oh, this no. foul and terrible smell. Oh no! And it progressively got yes. worse over yes. the days and weeks, and we quickly identified it as some kind of dead thing yes. <laughs> under the porch. Under the house. 
And it like filled the whole house with this um it was July. Yeah, hot, hot July. And the Humid. place smelled like death. <laughs> Actually, I, it's what I imagine hell to smell like. <laughs> Not to be too strong, but it, it was, was awful. You remember, it was it was awful. awful. It was absolutely awful. But I mean, I even I even went to try to go under the porch to see if I could extract that whatever dead thing Sister. was making a smell. I couldn't do it. It was like I actually physically could not. It was like this invisible wall that held me back. I could, I, I might have died had I tried. I to believe go it. Further. It was terrible, but I remember. I remember this this story distinctly because here we are. Um, as sisters, you know, convening and saying, what do we do? In a sense, we can hardly even live and <laughs> eat breakfast. <laughs> and meanwhile, we had a volunteer day. And I'll call him Jack. And I like to call it Jack and the Fox. Because we, <laughs> we discovered that this was a fox that had perished uh, underneath um, our dining area. And basically, I remember being like, Jack, listen, we've got a problem. I was just kind of sharing my woes with him. I'm like, Jack, we don't know what to do. Sisters have tried and failed. We just, it's too much. The smell is too much. And I just remember Jack looking at me dead in the eye, <laughs> smiling and saying, sister, I'll take care of it. I said, Jack, really, you, sh- you can't do that. We couldn't do that to you. He's like, sister, I can't smell. <laughs> it was a miraculous answer to prayer. <laughs> and seriously, I think it was probably one of the greatest moments of Jack's life. I mean, we I, we threw him something short of a party and all rejoiced, and he did. I think he rejoiced very much in what perhaps would have been, um, you know, a sorrow for him at times. It's 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 a delight and a gift to be able to smell. Came into the service of others in such a robust <laughs> and wonderful way. Um, praise be to God. Amen. I bless that that moment with Jack. <laughs> May he be blessed forever. <laughs> and ever. Amen. But I think it brings us kind of, I don't know, into the home stretch of this whole thing. Like, why can we bank on this? Mm-hmm. And why can we, with great freedom, uh, invite God to write the score and trust that he will and trust that he's going to gather up um, every piece and part of the symphony of our life and uh, seek to make it um, a masterpiece, something beautiful, despite uh, whatever tones might be coming into mm-hmm. the score. Um, I think the reality is, is we have his merciful love to bank on. And I do, as we're talking about the fruitfulness of failure, and we're talking about helping each other and letting God go to work, um, a beautiful quote from our founder, Cardinal O'Connor, came to mind. Because in a sense, if you look at the life of Christ, his life looked like a total failure. Mm-hmm. That's true. And this is what our founder said, if you would indulge a longer quote. Please. It's one of my favorites. He said to us, You must remember that it was not when he, and he's referring to Christ, was young and vigorous, roaming the hills of Galilee, going from the length to the breadth of the land, preaching and teaching so eloquently, working miracles so spectacularly, giving sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and raising the dead to life, that Christ made possible the salvation of souls. No, It was only when he was helpless on the cross, only in his suffering, only in his death, only when he seemed utterly powerless, only when people were ridiculing him, only in their common sense, they were screaming at him. If you want to prove that you are the son of God, come down from the cross and then we will believe. Jesus did not come down from the cross. 
He died seemingly powerless and crucified by the world. This was when Christ was saving the world. Wow. Wow. Amen, right? Amen. Sister, that is so beautiful. But I think for me, it's like when I feel that powerlessness, when I feel weak, when I feel helpless in the face of life, mm-hmm. um, this is when I claim um, and stand up next to you and, in a sense, come to the side of my Savior, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and drink from the merciful love flowing from mm-hmm. his side, um, a gift that is for me forever and always, in and through everything and that has covered everything, if I would but receive the gift. Amen. And, you know, it's like he says to us, like, well, the world says, you know, there is no room for your weakness. There is no room for your suffering. But Jesus says, I have room for your suffering. I have room for your weakness. And to to cling to him, to let him love us in that. I love that, sister. You know, it's so beautiful. And I think, you know, as you're talking about kind of writing the score of music the mu- music of our life you know just to be kind of careful like how we how we are you know if we're writing equations in our head or like mm-hmm. computing our moments of weakness you know mm-hmm. like trying to figure figure everything out you know like yeah yeah well I think yeah right the equation can look like if I'm basing it on my own strength my own capacities the equation can look like wow this moment plus this moment means I might as well just sit here and <laughs> despair. <laughs> but in a sense, what does God offer us? That there's always two truths operative. Mm-hmm. That yes, I might be grieving, but I'm loved. Mm-hmm. And I'm loved by an almighty mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Yes, I might have made a mistake, but I'm loved. Mm-hmm. This mistake does not define me. Love defines me. Mm-hmm. That yes, I might be struggling big time, struggling against my weaknesses, against my sins, but again, this is not a definition of who I am. I am loved. And in all of these places, just turning. Literally, it's a lift of the head mm-hmm. of our eyes mm-hmm. to Jesus. Yeah. And saying, come and be with me here, Jesus. Yeah. Come play your song of love next to the song of my life. And let the symphony be written. Mm-hmm. It's going to be beautiful. It is. You know, I love, I love that, sister, and just thinking about that. And actually, one saint that comes to mind um, who really lived this, who really let love write the score in her life, you know, with every little every little thing, was St. Therese, you know? She crashes every party. Yes, She's Therese, <laughs> my dear friend. Yes. <laughs> but it's like um, she really lived, like, the little way, you know? She lived kind of par excellence, this way of, of littleness, of rejoicing in her poverty. She rejoiced at her imperfections. And why? Because she knew Jesus was, was, was writing a score of love with them, you know, to rely on herself. Um, and she just, a, a quick quote, she says, um, she was writing to her, her sister, she says, you're mistaken if you believe that your little Therese walks always with fervor on the road of vir- virtue. She is weak and very weak, and every day she has a new experience of this weakness. But Jesus is pleased to teach her, as he did St. Paul, the science of rejoicing in her infirmities. She said, this is a great grace, and I beg Jesus to teach it to you, for peace and quiet of heart are to be found there only. Wow. Wow. That is beautiful, sister. Yeah. 
Therese is the little crown, I think, Amen. On, on this episode. Amen. And may we all walk her little way. Amen. Home to the Father's heart. Yes. Well, gosh, sister, before we go. Before we go. Any thoughts, challenges, musings? Songs? Yeah. You want to sing? <laughs> I sang last time. Well, actually, no. No, what did I sing? One other time. <laughs> Next time I'll try singing. Okay. Um, I think one thing that comes to mind before we go is actually just a prayer of um, servant of God, Father Delindo Rutolo. I was an Italian priest uh, and a mystic, and his cause is open. But um, And there's like a whole surrender novena. But just even the, the small prayer that's part of that novena um, to pray you know, try even like five times today just to pray, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. You know, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything that he can, he can make good. He can right all wrongs. You know, the, the, he can, you know, the tapestry of our life that he's weaving that we only see the backside Mm -hmm. of, it's beautiful in heaven. So I just, that's my, before you go to pray that prayer. Oh, it's a beautiful prayer, sister. Yeah. Wow. What, wow. about, what about you? Well, before we go, I think um, just take five minutes today to pray about that one place that A, you desire his love to sing more strongly beside that one place in your life that you desire to experience here his song of love. Um, complimenting, harmonizing um, with that place where you might you might struggle to believe can be brought into beauty, can be brought into meaning or new life. And I would just name that place for yourself, that place perhaps that you're tempted to, you know, wave a wand and say, go away. Um, rather, square your shoulders to it and say, Jesus, I give you permission. I abandon this place to you. I tr- entrust this place to you. And I invite you to bring your love here. Come. Mm. I think that's all I got. I love that, sister. That's a great. Maybe we could close in a prayer. And, yeah. That sounds wonderful, sister. Amen. Seal this time together. Amen. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy and your love and your grace. Thank you for showing us that our failures are not the end of the story that your love is the end of the story. Lord, we entrust to you every area of our life, especially places in our lives that we feel that we have failed. We give them, Jesus, right now to your merciful love. We give our families, our friends, our relationships, everything to your merciful love. We ask you, Lord, to, to be with us. We give you permission to write your song of love in our life, to write a beautiful symphony out of every part uh, of our life. And we give you glory in all this as we pray. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, God bless and keep everyone in uh, our little podcast family. You are in our daily prayers. Amen. We're praying for you. See you next time. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.